Take your Bibles tonight and turn to the Old Testament. Second Kings chapter 2. Find verse 15. And let's read 10 verses. Verse 15 to verse 25. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed down to the ground before him. Look, they said, we are your servants. We, have, we, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down in some mountain or in some valley. No, Elisha said. Everybody say no. No, Elisha said. Do not send them. But they persisted until he was too embarrassed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched for three days and did not find him. When they returned to Elijah, who was staying at Jericho, he said to them, did I not tell you not to, not to go? Verse 19. The people of the city said to Elijah, look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said. And they put salt in it. So he brought it to them. And when he went out to the spring, he threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word of Elisha. According to the word Elisha had spoken, verse 23, the last two verses here. From there, Elijah went up to Bethel, as he was walking along the road, some boys, some youth, another version says, came out of the town and jeered him or mocked him. Get out of here, baldy. What? <laughs> another version says, go on down, you bald head. They said, get out of here, baldy. And then he turned around, looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. And he went on to Mount Carmel and from there returned to Samaria. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your word tonight. Amen. We pray and ask that you would move in great power as we've been preaching along the lines of your anointing. And you're here. Your presence is here. Your power is here. Come, have your will, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, the Lord many times will respond to you the way that you respond to him. And I could quote you many scriptures about that. In James, it says, draw near unto me and I will draw near to you. So the moment you start taking, O prodigal one, a step towards home, the father is taking a step towards you. Um, is this the dream team, right? Do y'all want to go to the prophetic conference? Okay, I'm comping all of you. Is that taken care of yet? Not yet? Okay, so we're, are, I'll comp you if you can make it in your schedule. You're all comped. Would that be all right? How many of you think that's okay? Do we have any other groups here from a discipleship center? 
All right. So, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Just talk to me after and I'll, I'll hook you up with that. So how you respond to God, many times he responds to you. I, I talked not long ago about how if you look in the Gospels and you see on that, that Friday, that what we call Good Friday, you see Jesus hanging on a cross. On one side, there's two thieves on either side. And one of the thieves believes him to be the Messiah. I mean, he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And the other one says, you know, hey, if you were God, then you, why don't you call on, you know, what do you... Well, he headed to hell. The one guy went to hell and the other guy went to heaven. It is always amazing to me that in church services, even now, even now, that, that demon of the iPhone 10 or 8 or 7 or 6 or 5 or maybe you have some Android or whatever is sucking you in. I got your attention now. <laughs> has sucked you in to line up with all the likers and and do all the distractions and, 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 and miss out on, on what could potentially take place for you right now. I had lunch recently at one of our leaders' homes and um, there was a basket on the table. I'm going to get one. The, the basket on the table um, said, be present. You know what the basket's for? It's for phones. And I saw an ancient iPhone in there, and that was, it's kind of like the dollar jar that's in the tip. It's kind of, you know, primed the pump a little bit. I looked, I saw the ancient iPhone. I thought, I put my, took my phone off and had a wonderful, when's the last time you did that? Some, some, of you, some of you are so up on stuff in your phone that you can't pres, be present with the Holy Spirit. And we've, we've many of us, have trained ourselves to be ADD through constantly changing pictures and screens and, and um, you can miss out on the anointing. You can miss out on the presence and, and the power of God. These, this text here, how many of you know this text? Elijah and Elisha. Uh, Elisha is the hand washer, the servant of Elijah. Elijah is taken up into a whirlwind. He, he asks of his master, who he calls his father, as his spiritual father. I think everyone needs to have a spiritual father. I think everyone needs to have spiritual moms, spiritual dads. You need to have one. If you don't have one, then you're an orphan. You need to get one. I think everyone needs a pastor. He says, I'm not an orphan. I have Jesus. I know, you rebellious thing. But you, you, need, you need a pastor. You need somebody to father you, help you, stand with you. Amen. We need brothers. We need sisters. You know, we need that. We need the family of God. Um, how many of you are thankful for, for spiritual parents? Right, that aren't afraid to tell you when you got you know, a piece of lettuce in your teeth, spiritually speaking. In other words, when you got issues or are not afraid to hurt your feelings in order to get you healed. You missed a great place to say amen right there. So he, he says, you know, I want a double portion. I want double the power, double the anointing, double the miracles. I want the double, double of what you have. He says, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken, Elijah says to Elisha, you see me when I'm taken, then it'll be yours. So, so he sticks with him. I mean, he'd been sticking with him since he burned his farming implements and had a giant barbecue when the mantle was thrown on him. 
He's been following him, been serving him. He's been right there all along. And so they cross over and they go this place and they go that place. And finally, the horsemen and the chariots of Israel come. And Elijah is taken up into a whirlwind and his mantle, this piece of hairy skin, that's what it was, falls to the ground and he picks it up and he cries out, Master, my master, you know, and he walks to the, the river. He takes the mantle that had fallen from Elijah. He takes the mantle and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? So this mantle would, would rest over the shoulders, something like this, although not exactly. And it was a picture of the anointing. It's a picture of the power of God. It's a picture of the call of God. It's a picture of identity. It's, I've preached a whole series on the mantle. It's a picture of the anointing, the, the, the power of God, the, the God stuff, the God enablement to do what God's called you to do. To heal the sick, to set the captives free, to take every city, every town, every village for the glory of God. The anointing. And listen, if you, don't, if you don't walk in the power of God and you don't walk in an anointing, now you can be anointed simply by the fact that Jesus lives on the inside of you. The apostle Paul looked at the anointing as being filled with the Holy Spirit. He anointed us in Christ. So, and we've preached all kinds of messages all along that. They're all along those lines and they're all available for free, freely we receive Freely we've received, freely we give. They're online. You can go to the media. You can go to Facebook. You can go to YouTube. You can go to our podcast. You can go to our website. You can go to the, the, the app. If you haven't downloaded the app, you said that's a lot of options. I know. It's on purpose. And you can read up on it. And so this, this, this mantle falls from Elijah and Elijah picks it up. And when he comes to the Jordan, he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And it says he strikes the mantle to the ground and, and the river parted just like it did for his spiritual dad. And it really brings us to this text now where these well-meaning prophets from the school of the prophets, they want to know where is your master where? Let's go find your master. Let's go find him. Now, the, the mantle and the man of God or picture of the anointing and the picture of the Spirit of God, picture of the Holy Spirit. And so they ask him, well, let's go find your master for maybe the Holy Spirit, maybe the Spirit sucked him up. I guess that would happen on a regular basis. I mean, you can look and see. There would people be translated. You know, there are some that are reporting being translated now. You heard of that? Preachers that go to sleep and then they have dreams of being in Africa and then they get an email. But this is true. Then they get an email from the churches in Africa that they've been to before and they say, thank you so much for making the, the surprise visit. What a powerful meeting we had. He's thinking, whoa. I guess maybe it wasn't a dream. Say, can you prove that? No, but, but people talk about it. I'm, if you see it in scripture, listen, if I see it in scripture, I believe it. The problem today is so many people just want to dismiss that because you've never been translated. I was going to say something rude, but. So they come to the man of God and they say, let's go look for him. And he says, no. 
But they insisted. Now, these are not evil dudes. These are not bad people. These are, they're like us, if you will. And they insist on, please, please. And they asked him until he was just embarrassed, like, seriously, all right. Because he knew that his master was gone. You know, we all have a choice. We, we all have a choice of whether we obey God or not. I was telling somebody recently that it's, it's worth it serving the Lord. It, it really is better than anything I've ever done. I, I, I tried all kinds of things so many years ago. Serving God is awesome. I'm unashamed. I can be loud occasionally about it. Come on, he, he spared me, saved me. I heard God's doing some crazy thing in the Eagles. Philly. Huh. Is that your game minister? Is that your team, Mr. Ava? Shandai. Amen. God wants to pour out his spirit all over the earth, but he's looking for people who will respond to him. And if you don't respond, God knows where I live and he knows my number and he can just come and touch me if he wants to. Well, thank God for the sovereign touches, right? Thank God for when he just surprised you with his power and his presence. But many times he only comes in response to the way that, to our responses. So Elijah says, no, don't go look for Elijah. And they insist. And, uh, and finally they come back and, and they didn't, didn't find him. The second thing we see is this city here where Elijah comes and the people of the city talk to him and tell him about the death and talk to him about the problem in the water. Are you messing with my mic? Because I will come back there. So that's just me, the new echo that's happening right now. Like, oh. Okay. Don't try that at home. That's for professionals only right there. So he, 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 gets, some, he gets a pot and, and he gets some salt and he throws it in and, and, and the water's healed, right? If you really study that out, they were losing their babies and people were dying and the land was unproductive. It was poison. It was poisoning the whole city. The third thing we see of these youth, these boys that insult and hurl mocking disrespect at Elijah. Now, I've had on occasion over this past week thought about this and many other scriptures you know, curses are real. He, he turns and he curses them. Take, take, your, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. I'll paraphrase. There's places where the Apostle Paul says, do you not know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So, so you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Say, say, I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, so I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? That's right. But in 1 Corinthians 3, he's talking about the temple of the Holy Spirit being the church. So he's not talking about the individual now. He's talking about the church. And he says this. He says, do you not know that those who destroy the temple, God will destroy him? What's he saying? I used to use that scripture to combat the, the demonic assignment of suicide. It's out of context, so I don't use that anymore. I use other ones. You can't just go and off yourself and expect to go to heaven, so, so don't do that. It's called murder. It breaks the Ten Commandments. It's horrible, and you have no promise of heaven if you kill yourself. You say, well, what about, 
What about family I know that have taken their lives? I'm so sorry. I really am. Only the Lord knows. I have some, some experience with a suicide, and, and Alaska has a lots of experience with it. You know, gunshots, it's not much time for repentance, I don't think, there, but I don't know. You know, a rope, that kind of thing. I, I mean, I don't know. God knows, and I know he's a merciful, he's merciful. God is merciful. I've been, I've been myself at the very, very last of my breath, and all I could say is, Jesus. I, I woke up, I got up, I don't know what happened, oh, but that was my last word before I remember it nothing else. Jesus is good enough to get saved. You just turn to him, and, but you can't off yourself and expect that you're just going to heaven, otherwise, you know, everybody be doing that. And, it's the most selfish, heinous act. It's called murder, self-murder. Don't do it. They don't think, of, think in mind about anything finding them. They don't care about their, they don't care about that. And if you've, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but may the Lord heal you and comfort you if you've been through that. And don't, don't you ever do that to anybody, including the Lord. Don't ever do that. You've got no promise of heaven. So. No, 1 Corinthians 3 is talking about the church. See, the church is God's people, right? It's, it's, where, it's where he makes his, his tabernacle, his home. He pours out his spirit when we're gathered, whether two or three. It's not about a building. It's about, it's about people who call on his name. That's the church, right? And the apostle Paul says, if anyone destroys the church, he's talking about anyone who comes to bring harm to the church God will destroy him. It's a picture of the curse that comes upon someone who tries to destroy the church. Oh, I, I can tell you story after story after story after story. If you don't understand something in some church for the love of God and your own life, don't you lift your mouth against it not once. Don't say one thing. Just pray and trust God. It's his church. He died and rose again for it. It's up to him to deal with the pastor, up to him to deal with the people. It's, it's his responsibility. It's not up to you to be the accuser of the brethren. It's not up to you to throw rocks in the glass house that you live in. Come on, you just bless. And if the Lord leads you out, then you go out and be a blessing. You don't try to pull people out and, and advertise, you know, all the horrors. Now, if there's sin, it needs to be exposed. This is for somebody. But I've seen people, and some of you have pastored churches before, you know what I'm talking about. People that come against and try to bring destruction. We've had it happen here. We've had people try to cause rift, cause problems. Truth is, I don't know where most of them are. Like, they don't exist in our realm anymore. May God have mercy on them. I do not know. I know some are dead. Oh, man. So you think we're just playing. You think this, some of you just think like, oh, it's just a little bit of church, but it's just wee Wednesday. So the, the, we, we are the, the gathering place, the nios of God. It's where God pours out his spirit. The church is to, is the ecclesia, the, the called out ones that when we meet, when we vote, when we pray, it brings change. It brings change in the heavenlies. It releases them the mysteries of, of God, Christ in us, the hope of glory. The church, it's a big deal. And it's very near and dear to God's heart. You mess with the church and God's going to mess you up. You say, is it God that messes you up? Actually, what happens is you bring yourself out from underneath the covering and the protection of God. And then the devil messes you up. And there is a special ministry of Satan in the church. 
I'm so glad I didn't give you notes tonight. There's, there's a special ministry of Satan in the church. You say, really? Yeah. So what is that? That's when somebody continues in their sin and they continue to do it and they're confronted and they refuse to change. It's affecting the church. I have a, it's called church discipline. You turn them over as a pastor. This is good ministry right here. You turn them over to Satan. How'd you like to be in that service? For the destruction of their flesh, that they might repent and come back. It's a loving thing. It's not an angry, kill them thing. It's a loving thing. Oh, years ago, years ago, we were pastoring and we had, um, we had a, a couple that had been coming to the church for a few years. He was still married, but, you know, his wife was with somebody else and they hadn't got divorced and they couldn't get divorced and he didn't know where she was. And uh, she was divorced also, and they were together, they were living together, so they were living together in sin. Now, if you come into the church that way, well, praise the Lord, you know, that's what many people were. That's okay, but you were hopefully washed, sanctified, cleansed, purified, you learned to live a holy life. You come into the church that way, I'm so glad you're here. If that's the condition you're in today, God bless you. Awesome. But once you start finding out that that's wrong, then you need to actually start changing. You need to make a decision. You need to make a choice. And if you don't, then you end up in basically coming out from underneath the protective covering. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you know those new believers, they have just this like amazing grace. They're just, you know, smoking pot and getting drunk but coming to church and God's touching them and loving them. And then soon they're like, I don't think I should be getting high anymore. And they're like, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you. And then if you fight that, then before you know it, you're not in love with Jesus anymore. You start fading. And before you know it, you're, you're back in the same hole that he dragged you out of. Don't raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. I am preaching way better than you're amening. So this couple stayed a part of the church. And, and they were, I don't mean like Sunday morning. Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek. They were in everything. They were in small groups, but they weren't leaders. And I had hoped and prayed that the Holy, we're talking three years like that. That's a long time to be, to not figure it out because I don't hold nothing back. Amen. I'm, 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 same sex marriage is wrong. You're going to hear about it again and again and again. You're going to hear about, you're going to hear about drug use, pharmacy. You're going to hear about that. You're going to hear, you're going to hear about fornication, adultery, idolatry. You're going to hear about it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it every time the Holy Spirit, I'm not intimidated by anybody. I'm not, that I know of. Dr. Morocco kind of puts the fear of God in me a little bit, but you know, I'm, I'm afraid of the Lord. I have the fear of the Lord. So we've just been like that. And through all of those messages, I don't know how they're just able to knuckle down and continue to do what they were doing. But I, I didn't send out an investigative team or anything. But after about three years, I have somebody come to me. They get saved about two weeks prior and they come and they said, Pastor Daniel, can I have a meeting with you? And I said, sure. It was a young lady. She was probably 25. And so we sit down and we meet and we're talking. And she says, well, yeah, I, um, so I, I live with my boyfriend and, and, and that's all right, right? I said, no. She goes, but it's not? I said, no. And so I opened up the Bible and I took her a little walk through it. I said, I showed her. I said, no, no. She goes, well, I've been having Bible studies with so-and-so, which is this couple. And I was all, and she says, and you know, they're not married and they're together. So if they can do it, how come I can't do it? I want to do it. I want to do that. I just thought, that's it. 
Last straw. I said, well, that's not right. I'm so sorry. That's a bad example. And she said, oh. The very next opportunity I had, I pulled that couple in, and I, with tears running down my face, I said this to them. I said, you've been here for three years. You know what you've been doing is wrong, and now you're affecting the rest of the church, and the truth is I probably should have confronted you a long time ago because to be in church listening to the Word of God over and over and over and over. It's one thing you come in, get saved, love God, you know, and, 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 and then you don't know. And then you start finding out. You start getting convicted. You know, you're, the, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And when you get convicted, you can harden your heart. And if you harden your heart, it's like, it's like taking the points off. It starts shaving off your conscience. And as you shave off your conscience, soon you won't feel any conviction. It's called, a, you get a hardened heart. And soon you won't be serving God. So with tears running down my face, and I'd never done it, but I knew that's what I needed to do. So this is a poison. This is, this, is, uh, this is a little leaven in your church, and you should have dealt with it a long time ago, son. I thought, oh, God, I'm so sorry. And I just told him, I love you, and because I love you, tonight is it. It was a Sunday night service. I said, either you guys separate, you move out of her house, and find your own place, or you can no longer come to church here. Do you understand? And they started crying and crying and crying. And I said, if you don't repent, then I'm going to turn you over to Satan and he'll minister to you. And I want, to know, I want you to know that we love you. And they are crying and crying. Do you know what happened? They did the right thing. They said to me, no, no, no. God's been trying to, I said, it's all fall apart, snot, everything. And they said, no, we'll do it. We found, a, we found a, a couch for that young man to move on to. He moved there that night. Miraculously, his ex-wife came out of nowhere within a week and a half, and he was able to get his divorce. They'd been trying for years, so they said. Miraculously, he shows up, and the obstacle to them getting married is completely removed. And then they ask, Pastor... We want pre-marriage counseling and we want to get married because we were able to. Do you know today, they have been so blessed all these years later. I'm talking businesses and jobs and prospered and blessed. Blessed. These boys come out and they hurl, hurl they jeer Elijah and he, and, he, and he speaks a curse over him. How you respond to the Holy Spirit will be how he responds to you. So right from the text, the first one, you can ignore him. Let's go find your master. And the Holy Spirit, the man of God says, no. No, no, really. Let's go find him. And, and Elisha says, no. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me. Earlier on in my walk, I mean, I'm doing my level best to obey now. And God helps me. My wife helps me. My kid helped me. The kids help me. The people I'm accountable to help me. But I mean, early on, I, I had an encounter where the, where the Lord didn't want me to do something. But man, I was going to make some money. Money, 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 money. Money. Yeah, I was going to make some money. And I needed some money. It was going to wipe out, I've told this story before, but it was going to wipe out all of my IRS debt. And I had some big debt. And it wasn't of evil intention. I was working a job. I was filled with the Spirit, loving God, making cash under the table. 
which honestly I didn't know was anything wrong with that. Some of you are like, lock the doors before. So, okay. I, I really didn't know that like that you still have to report your tax. You have to report your tips. You still have to report what you're making, even though it might not come from an employer on a check or you get a W-9 or whatever it is, right? W-9 or W-2? Yeah, W-2. All right. Tax time cometh. And so I'm making 20-something dollars an hour cash, right? I pick a big old stack of cash, 40 hours, 800 bucks. Woo, praise the Lord. I tithe, I give. I'm like, yeah. And I remember skipping into the church one day, having worked this job for over a year. I mean, it's coming towards the end of the year. And uh, this lady says to me, well, how are you doing, Daniel? I said, I am praising him. I was just, woo, I got people coming to church. I got this really hot girlfriend and, and I'm making money. I got this awesome job. And I said, man, I made 800 bucks this week. And they said, oh, wow. I said, yeah, and it's under the table. And she says, that doesn't matter. I said, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? She says, you still need to pay taxes. I was all, What? You still need to pay taxes on the money you made. And I said to myself, oh, thanks. And I walked away. I was like, no, 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 I don't, no, under the table, under the table, under the table, it's under the table, it's cash, it's cash, it's a blessing, it's under the table, under the table, under the table, until it came time to do my taxes. And as I'm filling out my tax papers, having done a little bit of research now, I realized, Minister Gill, I had to pay the tax man. And I remember writing in the actual amount that I made that year. And I submitted it. And of course, they're like, you know, where's your 10 grand that you need to send in with your taxes? But I spent it. Yeah, I gave it. I spent it. I didn't have it. I was hand to mouth. I wasn't very good with my finances back then. So guess what? They came back and dealt with me a mighty blow. And then, and, then, and then they just came after me and all kinds of accrual and interest and everything. So there came a time where I owed 20 grand, $20,000. Now that might be a lot of money to you, but it was a lot of money to me. And, and so we got $20,000 tax bill. And this guy in the church, imagine that, comes in and submits this plan of how I can get around the tax law and how I just need to sign a few special pieces of paperwork. And I just knew to, need to, we should maybe mute this. No, it's all righteous, everything's good now. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. He makes all things beautiful in its time. And so, I started the process, but the Lord was speaking to me, don't do it, quietly. Don't do that. I'm like, no, no, 20 grand, I'll be debt free. Don't do it. And I just kept shooing him away. Oh, oh, you never do that, do you? Oh, yeah. But he's so fine. He's so fine. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. 
Yes! So many people do that. They ignore the Holy Spirit. They reject the Holy Spirit. He says no, and you say yes. He says no, you say, come on, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. And in this case, I went all the way through. I'm on the final documents of signing away all of my debt and a lot of other things that I didn't know about. And I will never forget sitting in this executive office with this man, well-meaning, deceived. With the final document, he says, here's a pen. He says, this is it, last step, and it's over. I said, awesome. I sat down and was trembling. And I put my pen on the paper, and the Lord said, I said no. I was on. I put it down. He says, what are you doing? I said, I can't do it. He said, what? I said, I'm so sorry. God said, no, got to go. And so I just ran right out of the office. <laughs> oh, yeah, we like never talked again to this day. What kind of a flake bag are you? You're going into the ministry and you ran out of my office and you paid that good money and you're about to get a 20 minute. You were stupid as a dumb as a box of rocks. What kind of stupid are you? <laughs> well, you might have thought I was stupid, but I was obedient. Uh, delayed obedience, which is still disobedience. And as I walked out, the Lord said to me, I told you no all those months ago, and you insisted, and you insisted. Now I'm weeping. And I, this was my experience. He said, so? We'll talk later. And I felt this. And it was like, he left. He left me. It was like a, a Thursday. A Friday, I go to prayer. There's no anointing. Not one drip of oil. Now, you might not know what I'm talking about, but there was, there was no intimacy. I mean, I repented. I pleaded the blood. I did all of that. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. Under the blood. Under the blood. Under the blood. But the, the fire was gone. Something was gone. I'll never forget preparing for, for Sunday morning on Saturday. I was preaching. I wasn't, I wasn't a pastor just yet, but I was responsible for doing most of the teaching and the preaching in the church. And I'm preparing Saturday night to go into the pulpit, and I've got, there's no fire on my study. There's no, there's no flow. There's no river. There's no unction. There's no nothing. And I'm just thinking, so is that it? Is it, is it over? Do, do, I, do I do ministry now through my intelligence, which is really pretty small, God? Do, do, do it, is, is it like I'm left with my personality now and no anointing? And I remember weeping, and I just thought, no, I'm probably just pretending, you know, I, I'm probably deceived or something. I mean, I, he's still with me. And it was like the Lord is saying, no, the anointing's lifted. I'm prepared anyway. And it's like, well, that's, you know, not him. But it would have worked out. Good teaching. I went to church that Sunday. And um, I didn't feel his presence in worship. I was on the front, you know, ready to preach your thing. Didn't feel his presence in worship. Went through the time of prayer. Didn't feel any presence there either. Came time to preach. And I just said, Lord, then I am not going to do this. I said, I flat out, I, I resign then. I'm going to sell cars or something. Not that selling cars is bad, but I'm not going to be a pastor anymore. I just said to him as I was standing there before I took the pulpit, I'm done. Because if there's no anointing, there's no power on what I'm, what I'm doing, then I'm not doing this. And, I, and, and Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. And I just heard him say, well, amen. 
You know, okay. And I walked from my seat with fear and trepidation. My first foot hit the stairs. By the time my second foot hit foot the stairs, I felt God's presence. By the time the third foot hit the stairs, I felt his power. I turned around and grabbed the pulpit. And I just sat there and wept. And the Lord says, you cannot disobey me, for the anointing on your life can be lifted off of your life if you live in disobedience. And I just sat there and wept and went, oh, God, I don't have to resign. And I can still preach. Thank you, God. Oh, I'll never ignore you. Don't ignore him. Don't ignore him and do your own thing and expect him to bless it. He stands over his word to see it performed. He does not stand over your opinion. And he does not stand over your good idea either. So if you have a good idea, I suggest you put it in this circular file. File 13, Mary, is that right? Put it in file 13, your good idea. And come up with God's plan. And do God's plan. Because God's plan will be anointed. Without God's plan, you have no power, no authority, no anointing. Don't, don't, don't substitute worship for God for money. To think that I was throwing it away for a measly 20 grand. Some of you have thrown away. You can, you can reboot tonight. Our own thing can be a distraction. Our own thing can be a loss of time. I lost time. I lost that year. That, you know, it was eight months putting together the documents that I then had the fear of the Lord not to sign. It eight months of wasted time. Eight months of disobedience. God could have just did it. And you know, God did do it for me, by the way. Some of you know that whole story. I'll have to tell it later, but... I had to walk in obedience there for about 14 years, being faithful to all of those things every month, child support, IRS. Come on, God delivered me from a whole lot of debt. And then in one day, bam, a major miracle cleaned my slate, completely cleaned my slate. You got to hear what the Spirit of God is saying for your, for, to you. And of course, it'll always line up with the Word. You know, this prophetic conference that's coming, it's life-changing. It really is. You've got to seek the Holy Spirit to, to help us, to make a miracle. That's the, the water and the salt. and the, You are the salt of the earth and the water being thrown in the salt and the whole thing. Listen, God can heal anything, but you're going to have to obey him. They had to do certain actions. You're going to have to do certain actions. You're going to have to read the word, learn the word. You're going to have to develop a prayer life, walk with Jesus, learn to abide. You've got to come to church. You've got to develop relationships. You've got to get a spiritual dad. You've got to get a spiritual mom. You, you have to grow in the things of God. Otherwise, the poison in your life is not going to be extracted. You know, and it's hard to be like, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 and know everything. It's a painful life. I, I wish somehow I could just give all my wisdom to my kids so they just didn't make them some of the mistakes that I made. Oh, well, they're not making the mistakes I'm making, but I don't want them to make the other ones either. You know, pain is a marvelous teacher. That's why babies don't gouge their eyes out. You know that. Reverend Jan, when babies are born, they, you know, they start getting some dexterity and they're like. Ah. Why don't babies take their eyes out? Very simply. Pain. Some of you are experiencing pain. And the pain is being inflicted because of your own foolishness. And if you'll just do the right thing. You'll end up walking in the blessing, walking in the power, walking in the anointing. Or you can still push your eye if you want to. 
the guy that sticks his finger in the pencil sharpener. <laughs> oh, 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 Lord. <laughs> Some of you do that over and over and over and over, over and over. Constantly hooking up with someone who doesn't take care of you, someone who doesn't love you, someone who doesn't treat you like a child of God. Constantly, constantly connecting with people that are high level of dysfunction, stealing your money, taking your stuff, talking to you like you're trash. Constantly connecting with people that are that you shouldn't connect with. Some of you have got friends that you need like a hole in the head. You need to cut them off. Cut them off. Kick Jonah off the boat. You need to get set free from some of your relationships so you can walk in a greater anointing and intimacy and power. You become like you hang out with. Bad company corrupts good character, good morals. That's why I like hanging out with world changers. Some of you all. Great men of God. My wife. I hang out with my wife. I just get sweeter. Uh, we can oppose the, the Holy Spirit. And this is this curses and Blessings are real. I'm, I'm talking about the anointing and how you respond to God, how you respond to his power and his presence, and I'm, I'm almost done. The boys come out, 42 of them, a youth group from the city. They come out and they, they, they mock him. Now, going up your bald head doesn't necessarily mean that the prophet was bald, but it is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely an insult. I mean, it's, it's a maxing insult. And curses and blessings are real in the Old Testament as well as in the New. You see, when Israel passed between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, they spoke curses and blessings, right? Deuteronomy 28, you can go and read that. Somebody said, well, there, there's no curses and blessings now. Oh, yes, there is. But let me just talk about Numbers 5 first. The cursed cup, when a woman committed adultery, if the husband suspected it, would bring the woman to the the priest, and he would prepare this concoction and she would drink it. If, if she was guilty, she would blow up and die. It's a picture of, in the New, Toven, in the new Covenant, it's a picture of, the, of the, the communion. We just took communion. It's the meal that heals or the meal that kills. So many people just eat their little cracker and slam the juice and be like, wee, let's go watch the game. When in fact, if you're living a lifestyle that's not in, in, in alignment with the word and you're living unrepentant, and we all fall short, we all have messed up, we all have wrong thoughts at times, and sometimes our motives are jacked. But if you just take communion without any taking any stock in what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your life, and you just eat the little cracker and slam the juice and just going to continue to do what you're doing, then you're drinking judgment on yourself. And that talks about that, and I talked about it on Sunday that's the cursed cup right there from Numbers 5, really. Paul, New Testament. Turn to Proverbs 26. I'm not going to go much longer. Just going to talk about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and going to hell, and then we'll be done. <laughs> Brother Toby, would you grab those keys? Head straight up, if you would. Pastor Alex so enjoyed worship. Uh, Proverbs 26. But the New Testament, there's some New Testament uh, examples of curses. Um, do you remember when uh, Paul is talking and there's this guy, Bar-Jesus, and he's perverting the way of the Lord, and, and Paul prays, blindness is coming over you, and he became blind. That's a curse. He pronounced a curse on him. 
Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead because they lied about what they put in the offering. They said they put something more in the offering than they did to try to get greater esteem and greater honor from the congregation that was watching them. They lied to the Holy Spirit and they dropped dead, both of them. And the youth ministry went and buried them. The youth ministry was the pallbearers. You can go to the end. The youth came and carried them out. The youth here come and they They mock the man of God. Very infrequently will you see me correct somebody out loud over the mic in the middle of service. The times that I will do that is when I see somebody mocking and jeering in such a way that it's going to cause them great harm. Then I will stop them and just say, you should not do that. I'll warn them. I can tell you all kinds of stories about that, but... I remember 1995, power God hit the place. And I was on the ground with three quarters of everybody else. I've told this before, so it might be refried beans for you right now, but the whole place was leveled under the power of God. People weeping, people crying, people laughing. Sound of heaven. And for some reason, I mean, this has been happening night after night. And, and for some reason, I just didn't want to sit. On, I didn't want to lie on the ground anymore. And I, I got to my hands and knees, which is about all I could do. And I crawled to about the third row back. And I crawled up in a chair and I sat up in the chair. And it was like a haze was everywhere. A little bit of a haze tonight, in fact. God's presence, that's all. Fire by night, pillar of cloud by day. And as I sat there, I was like, God, you're so awesome. Thank you for setting me free. And I looked to my left, and here are three men walking down the center aisle. And I knew them. We weren't friends, but I knew them. I mean, I, I knew their names. And they were from another church. And they were walking down the center aisle, and they had their arms folded. And they got into me, and it was like I was invisible. It was like I had, I had like one of those little cloaks on from The Hobbit or whatever it was. They couldn't see me. Well, they didn't say hi. I just sat there and looked at them. And they were laughing. They're like, oh, no way. Look, look, look at that guy. Look at, look at that guy. Look at, look at, no, look at that guy. Look at that guy. And they just went, no way. This is like, no way. This is not God. The guy says, this is not God. And then the other person bumps him. And they look, look, look at, look at that Look at that lady. Look. And there was a lady that was directing a choir. Her hands were, she was on the ground. And it was like, it's like she was directing a choir and doing an amazing job. It was like a choir in heaven or something. I don't know what she was doing. And they laughed her to, they laughed her to scorn. And they just said, man, this is the biggest bunch of nonsense what a joke. These people, this place is like a cult. They continue to talk right next to me. I began to weep. I was so grieved because it was in that environment that I was transformed by His power. I got touched in such a profound way. I was so desperate in those years. I'm so desperate today still. And I wept as they made fun of what I was experiencing. Life-changing power being poured out on the inside. The way they were responding to God was not how other people were responding. Other people were responding to God in the way that transformed their lives. But here were these guys like, oh, they were believers. 
A carnal Christian is a painful thing to be. They didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't believe in that stuff from what I could tell from the way they were talking. Do you know what happened to these boys? Okay, so I don't know the story about all three. I just know two were dead. There were young men, they were my age. So they died within a couple years after that. So did the Lord kill them? All I know is they mock the move of the Spirit of God. And I can tell you story after story after story. Are you sure? Nope, I'm not. I really, nope, I really don't know. But as for me and my house, I'm not going to be a mocker. And I've seen things happen that I didn't understand and I've learned to just go, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you think you have the gift of discernment, but really you have the gift of suspicion. I'm just trying to point the finger at somebody and we need to respond to the Holy Spirit. I'm almost done. You need to respond to him when he says no, obey. When he says yes, go with everything that's within you. Lean on, trust in, rely on him. Drop, fling yourself over the precipice into his loving arms and let him carry you. Let him lead you gently. Let him speak to you, the still, small voice. Come on, he can, he can pay off your debts. He can heal your body. He can set you free. He can touch your marriage. He can touch your auntie, your uncle, your brother, your sister. He can do it for you. And let me say this. Don't you say one bad thing about another pastor, another man of God, woman of God, a minister. Don't do that. Listen, there are people that go and get into sin and they need to be confronted. But don't talk stink, as we say in Hawaii, about people because that ends up really bad for you. Proverbs 26. I love this. When somebody said, Pastor, there's witches and they're outside. and they're, I've heard that. I've been in that environment. This is a, I love this scripture. Proverbs 26, 2. Come on, some of you feel like somebody's trying to curse you. Get a hold of this and build your faith up. God help the person that tries to curse us once we're under the hand of God. Listen, if you're submitted and you're under his covering, it'd be very bad for whoever's trying to do that. That would be really. Proverbs 26, 2. Like a fluttering swallow or a darting swallow like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow. An undeserved, everybody say undeserved. An undeserved curse does not come to rest. So really, for the believer who submitted to God, walking in his power and his presence, you're like Teflon in the spirit. Bing! It just won't stick. How many of you like those stickless pans when you're flipping your eggs? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's it. You're Teflon. Come on, say I'm Teflon. Okay, undeserved curse. Now, if you've deserved it, just wait for impact. Put a big bullseye on your chest and just wait. No, repent. That's, that's what you want to do. When we, when we disobey, we position ourselves to be out from under God's protection. And it brings, it brings a curse. And that's what those boys did. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Quickly turn here. Let me just straighten this out for some of you. Like, I think I did that. We had somebody years ago said, I did, I did, I blasphemed. I said, you didn't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I did, I did. I, I said that the Holy Spirit was the devil and I, and, I, and, I, and I cursed God. I said, you didn't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You all there? Mark 3, 28. I tell you the truth. 
People can be forgiven all their sins, every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of eternal sin. Now here's the thing. Blasphemy is when you say of the truth that the truth of God is a lie, or you attribute that which to God, that which is God, you call the devil like those three fools when they didn't understand people rolling and weeping and crying and they called it all a joke and a whole and they, and they said this is the devil and this is a cult and yeah they were attributing they were blaspheming the holy spirit but in that condition see if you think you did that and you're here tonight you didn't because blaspheming the holy spirit you might have said things were blaspheming against the holy spirit if you die in that condition yes you're going to go to hell but if you're here and you're thinking to yourself i think i've done that oh god yeah then you haven't right now. You repent right now and then, then you're covered, you understand? It's not like, I said this thing and now I'm going to hell. No. You're even thinking about that? You didn't. In other words, it's not too late. Does that make sense? That's, that's probably a better way to say it. Okay, maybe you did blaspheme the Holy Spirit, but you didn't die in that condition and here you are and the Holy Spirit's reaching out to you, massaging your heart that you would repent and stop. True blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you die in that condition and you really did and then it's over and then you do go to hell. Because that can't be forgiven. Once it's done, it's done. When you're dead, that's it. Decisions in eternity stay fixed in eternity. That's why Satan can't repent. So when, whatever decision you are, when you die, the decision you're in, that's it. And that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, you die in the place where you've rejected Jesus. Kind of a sobering message tonight. How are you responding to the Holy Spirit? When he knocks on your door, when he reaches out to you, when he says no, when he says yes, how are you responding? When he's trying to lead you, trying to give business ideas. There's some people here, the Holy Spirit's been giving you business ideas, but you've, in your mind, you don't have a framework for it, so you've kind of shut it down. Allow the Lord to teach you and to train you and connect you. Just say yes. Just say yes to God. Say yes to His will. Yes to His way. He's the one that'll teach you. He's the one that'll lead you. He's the one that'll guide you. Just say yes. Just say yes to the Lord. And then put yourself and do your part. Do your part. He does His. How you respond to the anointing will determine your future. Stand up on your feet. How you respond to the anointing, the power of God, will determine your future. Lift your hands to Jesus tonight. Lord says, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. The Lord says, how you respond to me. I will respond to you. Oh, come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. I will lead you through Won't you come Come and take my hand Come and take my hand Come and take my hand 
how I'll lead you through. I know you. I've fashioned you. I made you while you were yet in your mother's womb. I called you by name. And I'm reaching out to you tonight. Come out from among them and be ye separate, as it says in the book of Isaiah. For what I have for you, no man can give you. This is true. I have blessings and hope and strength divine. I have divine healing and anointing and peace. Peace. Peace I give you is mine. So lift your hands and lift your heart and let go of the things of time and tradition. Don't try to think of yourself as so smart. Yield. Yield to me. And I'll breathe on you. And I will strengthen you. And I will help you. I will help you through. Take my hand. Take my hand. Take my hand, oh, come and take my hand. I'll lead you through. Come and take my hand. Come on, the Holy Spirit's reaching to you. Come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. I'll lead you through. Come on, sing with us. Come and take. Come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. I'll lead you through. Come and take my hand. Oh, yes. Come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. I'll lead you Sing it, Brother Toby. Come and take my hand. 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 I'll lead you through. So come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. Come and take my hand. Lord, forgive us for where we grieved you. Forgive us for where we were distracted at the time that we lost because we didn't hear the no or we didn't hear the yes or we didn't hear the wait. Lord, we want to respond to you. God, I pray tonight, increase the activity of the Holy Spirit on every heart. Lord, increase your power and your presence in every home. Lord, you have called us to be your people chosen and precious, called out of darkness into their glorious light. People that live and walk in the power of God. 
Lord, we want to be like that, that everywhere we go, there'll be divine appointments and healing and miracles and breakthrough. Lord, make us sensitive to you. Make us sensitive to you, Lord. Make us sensitive to you. God, we wouldn't be distracted by the iPhone or the Android or the screen. Lord, we want you. We want your power. We want your presence. We want you to come. We want you to come, God, and ignite our hearts in holy passion and fire for prayer, for the word, for the things of God. Oh, God, we take your hand tonight. Lord, we take your hand tonight. God, we take your hand. Lead us, guide us, direct us. Come. Come and take my hand. Come and take. Come and take my hand. Take your hand, I will take your hand, I will take your hand, I will take your hand. You lead me through. Come on, tell them I will. Just a moment longer. I will take your hand. 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 If you're not right with God, get right with Him tonight. Closing moments, I've gone just a touch late. Walk in His presence, respond to Him, hunger for Him. Open the door for Him. Look for Him to invade your quiet time. Look for the power in His presence upon your life. Be led by Him, don't mock. Speak the Word, put the salt in the, in the poison. Watch God clear it up and heal your family. Heal the waters. Don't waste any more time. And if you have wasted time, like I think we all have, know that He redeems it. If you're not right with God, just pray this prayer. Want to recommit to Him? First time or recommitment, just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. And just as Jesus rose again from the grave, raise me up now, washed and cleansed, healed and whole. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you and we'll close our service. Holy Spirit, release your fire and your passion Release the zeal of the house of the Lord and the baptism of the Spirit upon each and every one. And we would be ever so sensitive to you day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, the rest of our lives till you come. And we thank you and we praise you. Come on, you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit. Just go ahead and do that right now. Moment, moment longer. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this marvelous series, the anointing and the anointed. Make us ever so sensitive and tender to you.
We'd walk with you, talk with you, abide in you. Now bless your people, Lord. Cause your face to shine upon each and every one. Lift up your countenance towards us, God. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you.